Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, and frankly, everyone else too. I'm your host, Ross Bolin, here with my good friend and co-host, Barrett Dudley in Austin, Texas. Barrett, how you doing, dude? Shello. Uh, man, I'm doing good. Gloomy day here for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you can tell the storm's coming. It is. It Real is. storm's coming. You gotta be careful out there. The storm you could is... Get your, uh, you could get your head chopped off or something. The storm to me is Euron, and he's coming, <laughs> and urine. That's yeah. true. He does say that, doesn't he? I think I'm, he, I'm the storm. At one point, didn't he say that? I'm the storm. I think he does. I, I he bring does the that. storm, cousin, or something like something that. Something like that. It was a tight line. It involved the storm. That's all I know. Do you remember when he went through all that trouble to uh, to kidnap his sister, and then when he was making uh, Whoopi with the uh, queen? He did make Whoopi, yes. <laughs> He just uh, he just lost her real quick, real easy. You know, sometimes men lose focus on account <laughs> of uh, on account of women and, and sex in particular. It can be a distracting thing. Hard to blame, Urin. Honestly, he probably take that trade. He's like, you're gonna yeah, lose. Bucket. He's gonna you're gonna lose your sister Yara, your prisoner. But but you're not killing her. All she doesn't mean anything to you. He's for two years. All he's talked about is betting the queen. Yeah, that's that. He'd take that trade, of course. So you know, yeah, I think so too. This episode of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is brought to you by Lisa. Everybody has the right to rest, but the key to getting your best rest is, of course, the right mattress. Meet Lisa with two incredible mattresses, accessories, and bases for better, deeper rest. Their all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved, featuring cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers specifically. Or uh, you can grab their Sapira. It's their hybrid mattress, the Sapira. It's the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support. It's the bed that I chose. It's actually the one that Barrett chose as well. I'm completely in love with mine. Most comfortable bed I've ever slept on. Couldn't more highly recommend it. Grab yourself a Sapira if you're willing to pop a couple extra bucks. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. And from day one, they set out to create a company with heart. It's one of the reasons we love working with them so much. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. And to date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Clam fam, to get 15% off any mattress for a limited time, go to lisa.com slash dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. Go today. Dragon. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones Season 8 Episode 3 obviously airs this upcoming Sunday. It will be the longest episode of the season. Is that right? At 82 glorious minutes. Wow. And I believe that makes it the longest episode in the show's history. Oh, I, yeah. I cannot Winds confirm. of Winter was not, wasn't that long. I think okay. Winds of Winter was like 77 minutes. That was the one I was worried about. Yeah. Yeah, because I know Battle of the Bastards was actually like right on an hour, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but Winds of Winter was a longer one. Anyway, we will be returning to the studio bright and early on uh, Monday morning to record after we spend the night taking vigorous notes and slamming coffee. We'll be breaking down the episode just like we did with the season premiere, just like we did with episode two, scene by scene pretty much, uh, just like we will be doing for every episode in this final glorious season. But of course, before that, we have today's episode, our, our great Wednesday hotline call episode. And then on top of that, as we kind of teased on Monday's episode this week, uh, because of the outpouring of support for more oysters, clams, and cockles, uh, which was truly boisterous after Monday's episode when we discussed the potential of being able to do more episodes for y'all through Patreon, we are finally going to launch our Patreon later today. 
uh, there will be one tier to start. Okay, we're going to keep things simple for you to bring you the best content package possible for the remainder of the season. But if you join the tier to get all of our premium Patreon content, uh, the first episode of your membership that you will gain access to will be available on Friday, actually. Uh, You won't get charged until May 1st. So that first Friday episode is almost kind of on us, if you want to look at it that way. It's kind of like a test to get a feel for exactly what we're going to have going on. We're giving you one on the house. Yeah. Everybody gets one. First one's on the house. Everybody gets one. Oh, that was a freebie. You remember that family guy where, I can't remember what happened, but like Spider-Man swings in and he's like, everybody gets one. And he's like, tell him, Peter. And Peter's like, everybody gets one, apparently. (laughs) I don't remember why that happened, but I just, you know how family guy was. It was always the most random cutaways possible. Um, Anyway, so this is very cool. We're extremely excited about it. Uh, there's going to be pricing details on the Patreon that you can see when we uh, when we throw it up later today. And don't worry, it won't be more than like a hundred bucks. No, no. Vi- yeah. I mean, like, we, yeah, we threw around numbers like, you know, a thousand dollars or you know, like <laughs> like twenty grand because we thought you know maybe then we could go buy Porsches or Ferraris or whatever. But well, then just and all all we need is one Patreon subscriber. Then right. Because that's how much a Ferrari costs, right? It's like $1,000. We don't know. We don't have money. But uh, What's a banana cost? 10 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what... It has to be Arrested Development that we've done the, the most jokes on, right? Uh, probably. Probably the most... If yeah. I had if I had to Just kind of throw away one-line references, probably Arrested. I think we've said Uncle Father Oscar or something <laughs> along those lines like a thousand times just by itself. I mean, as we know, like there are so many parallels that it created a Tumblr arrested slash Westeros. meme, Arrested Westeros. Shouts to a Wested, Arrested so Westeros. So it's like, it, it, it's only natural that that's the one that, that we that we That's true. Most. So you may be asking yourself, like, okay, what are y'all's goals with this, with this money that's going to be coming in through the Patreon? Well, we have a few. First of all, we want to add video capability to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles as a brand. Uh, as you know, big podcasts have video of their podcasts in one way or another, whether it's live streaming or available on YouTube or whatever. We're going to be exploring ways to bring you video content, hopefully before the end of Season uh, 8, and uh, if not, into the future from there. We're also just going to be looking to expand our content offering overall with more Patreon content. Like Once we're on our feet with a solid subscription base and we're rolling through Season 8, we're exploring other ideas to bring you things beyond the finale, Um, things that take Oysters, Clams, and Cockles beyond Game of Thrones even, and ensure that will be around for the prequels and the sequels and the new books and whatever else comes from George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire uh, epic. So, obviously, also, we with the money, we're going to be compensating Barrett and I for our time as that becomes Bolin Media's responsibility in, like, seven days on May 1st. Uh, we're not taking any money from investors. Like, we're starting with pretty much $0 in the bank. It's technically $200 because we had to put that in the bank to even open the account. <laughs> but because we want to maintain full ownership and creative control of our product, uh, we're going to try to. And with support from you, Clam Fam, we can accomplish that. So be on the lookout later today on all of our social media accounts for information on the Patreon that we'll be launching. We're very, very excited to have you all uh, on board for another exciting chapter of everything we do here at OCC. Now today, Wednesday, for the second podcast of the week, we're doing what we'll be doing every Wednesday still. We're fielding hotline calls around the latest and greatest from Game of Thrones. Our hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS. It has not changed. It remains the same. Uh, It's chock full of about a jillion hotline calls from all of you at the moment. And uh, the way it works now 
as a result of the volume is we very much bounce around, right? So it's not like I'm just, if you call right after the episode, your odds of getting played are just as high as anybody else, who maybe people who've called right before I start going through the calls because I'm bouncing around through all of the emails that they come in email form for me, just for the record. Um, when you call the hotline number, it's a voicemail. If you mess up, do not be afraid to call uh, to hang up and just call back. There's also an option to maybe press star or pound to uh, start over. I'm not familiar with it. I've just people have been throwing that out there at me. I'm not sure which button it is, but you're a smart lad. You'll figure it out. Uh, is that a Tyrion line? It might have been. I don't know. I don't know. I might be on fire. I might not be, but I might be on fire. Um, Eight six six four three clams. We picked out several good hotline calls for you today. Here's the first. Hi, Clam Tom. My name is Swati. I'm originally from India, but my American name is Taylor. Um, I love the pod. Uh, a couple of things which I wanted to talk about. One was, uh, I think Barrett mentioned that uh, we didn't see Varys in 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 the battle discussion room. Uh, I just wanted to point out that he is standing behind Danny, and the minute Danny says that Tyrion should stay in the grips, Varys nods in agreement to it. Um, and the other thing is, if you pause at uh, 54 minutes and 21 seconds in the video, um, I swear Danny looks pregnant in that scene. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or if it was just the way she was standing, but um, we'd love to let, know your thoughts on this. But keep the work going. Um, I really, this is probably the first American podcast I'm listening to, and I love it. Thank you. The first American podcast she's listened to. We've truly done it. Swati from India, whose American name is Taylor, I think. But she could have easily said Tyler. She might have meant Tyler. Yeah. We're going to go with Tyler. We're going with Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> or Swati. Uh, but yes, okay. Varys uh, was in the war council, just like Danny. For whatever reason, Barrett didn't see Varys. I definitely didn't see Danny. Uh, neither of them spoke, so it really doesn't matter. But. I, for whatever reason, he didn't have a single freaking line in the whole episode, which considering the scope of the characters involved with the dialogue in this episode, it now that I've had more time to think about it, it almost feels like it has to be intentional. Right? Like, everybody spoke, man. We got Beric in, in conversations. We got people who didn't even matter that much. And then Varys doesn't speak? Okay, here's the thing. I, uh, yeah, it's weird that he didn't have a single line. But this moment was all about, like kind of getting some closure and letting people talk for the last time uh-huh. and like seeing these kind of, you know, these these pairings or groupings of people that we kind of wanted to hear from. Because they've bonded as over they, the as years. As they reconcile with like what's about to happen. Right. Right. Okay. And so like who would that have been for Varys? I, I guess it would have had to be Tyrion and Tyrion's already Tyrion, busy doing Davos. that with a few other people. Now, why wasn't yeah? What what was Varys doing during the uh, you know during the the happy hour there? I don't know. And that's kind of what I'm curious about is like, what's his job supposed to be at the moment? He's not hand of the queen. He's an advisor. He's an advisor. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If he's an advisor, we need to see him advise at least. To, I mean, throw him a line, you know, just so we it's just so we don't have this conversation about like, is he in the background plotting? I, yeah, I mean, is that is that where we're is that where we're headed? Do we think? I don't think so. Cooking? No, you and me have talked about this several times. We do not think there's any chance that this dude turncoat back the other direction. It would be just a little silly. So no, I, I you know what? Honestly, it could have just been that this is just the way the episode played out. They didn't have a they didn't have anything they needed Varys to communicate to us. Um, also, 
Swati thinks that Danny might look pregnant at the 54 minute and 21 second mark of the episode. Uh, I actually pulled this up. And uh, if you pause it at that exact second that Swati laid out for us, yes, she most definitely looks pregnant, um, almost comically so. Like, it either was intentional just to screw with us, or it's mm-hmm. the angle of the dress. Mm-hmm. Because if she was that pregnant, if she was as pregnant as she looks at that second mark, somebody would fucking say something. Like, somebody would have to say something. She looks like she's smuggling a watermelon at 52 <laughs> minutes and 21 seconds. Like... It, 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 she really does look very, very pregnant. All right, well, so, okay, but here's the thing. We don't. We get, like, a full frame of her when she walks in to talk to Sansa. And I remember sure. being like, damn, she looks really thin. And so it, I feel like we would have noticed it then. I mean, like, the thinnest I've seen her even. Like, her dress was very form-fitting at the waist, and I was like, wow, Danny is looking extremely thin. Yeah, so that's... that's I think it was the dress. Probably an angle, probably a weird camera angle, probably something going on with the dress. Now, having said that, there was a line at the end of the episode where she like puts a lot of emphasis on the that would make you the last male heir and have a claim to the throne. Yeah. And kind of like that last male heir line, which, you know, almost had like the clap hands emojis in between those words. Sure. Ca- like it felt like it was. It had some stank on it. Ha- yeah. So it, that, that kind of made me think about. Okay, well, is there another male heir coming here? Potentially brewing. Pr- potentially the successor to John, which happens to be Danny's child as well. So, like, you know, who knows where that goes. But. Yeah, there's still all that talk around, you know, obviously uh, Danny was told you're not going to be able to have any more children or whatever. And John was like, what makes you think that woman was telling the truth? So that's still Danny potentially getting pregnant at some point is still a very huge element of this show. Indeed. I just don't think we're there yet. I think that was just a funky angle. Okay. All in all, though, shouts to India. Very much appreciate the call. Great call. Here's your next one. Hey, guys. This is Hillary from Houston. I'm just calling in to dive a little bit more into the will he or won't he regarding the Night King coming to Winterfell for the battle. Part of me thinks he's not going to be there because it's almost too obvious that he would fall into the trap brand in the woods, uh, especially because it's specifically discussed. Plus, then we would have to somehow deal with the Night King's dragon in this episode, and I don't know if they can deal with the whole battle and somehow deal with getting rid of his dragon at the same time. Plus, I always go back to season two at the House of the Undying, when Danny is walking through the throne room and the ceiling has clearly been burned off, probably by a dragon, and there's snow on the ground. That means to me that maybe the Night King is going to down with Viserion to King's Landing, and perhaps we'll do us all a favor and take care of Cersei. On the other hand, why would they go through all the trouble showing us the Golden Company if the Night King is just going to off Cersei quickly? Anyway, I don't have a good answer, but it makes me really nervous about this week's episode because there are so many possibilities. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, looking forward to next week's episode. Thanks. Hillary from Houston. Oh, man. That's a call right there. I, I'm just I'm I'm ex, I'm exhaling with relief because thank you Hillary. Now I can continue doing what I was doing and I just We were know, worried. We were worried. Yeah. We I was especially worried. I mean it's uh yes. it's a scary thing for yeah. Barrett and I with every sentence yeah. that comes out yeah. of our mouths whether or not we'll be able to continue doing what we're already doing. Anyway, Barrett, tackle this. Yeah, no, I'm uh so this is the big theory that I alluded to on Monday is that Night King is actually headed to King's Landing. Ah! So, but but like you said, this this brings up a whole nother 
can of worms that like doesn't really make sense, which is why I'm okay with talking about the theory because like kind of any which way you approach it, mm-hmm. there's something that doesn't make sense like behind that yes. piece of the story. And so really it's just kind of a toss up. I don't, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where the Night King is. We don't know what he's doing. But yes, the specifically the callback to the scene that Danny sees uh, the throne room, and, the, and with yeah. the throne room, like full of ash, the red keep, whatever, or, or whatever that is, snow, ice, snow, ash, whatever. Uh, there's, there's another. I can't remember if it's a brand flashback or part of of uh, Danny's kind of dream sequence where I think it was a where, brand flashback where we see a dragon shadow yeah. flying over King's Landing, but not a dragon. So, yeah, but so don't... it's like, is that the dead dragon? Let me ask yeah, you a question. We don't know. You ever get the impression that some of that stuff could have been like things that could come to pass rather than things that will come to pass. Oh, absolutely. You know that distinction that's I, always made? I don't put a ton of stock in... Those visions? In either of those visions. Okay. Danny's from the House of the Undead or Brand's like, big vision. Too where easy for them to be red herrings, those visions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that... I, I, I We've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but Game of Thrones, the t- television show is clearly very, very, very aware of the books. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they, they kind of like... Oh, sure, honey. They, they plant some things around. Like, they're kind of just throwing the seeds out in the field, and they're like, we've got these out here in case we want to bring in this right. little sub-story or like piece of the storyline from the books, and we, an wanna, and we want to use that. Yeah, you see which one of the plants grows you know best, what I mean? and then you can kind of run with that one. Yeah. So no, it's like, the, I think they gave themselves quite a bit of wiggle room to like kind of play with many of these different things that are kind of a, a little more books. focused on in the books I've and, often and gotten that only alluded to or kind of referenced in an offhand way or indirect way right. by the show itself. And that's kind of the same. That's kind of how I feel about those visions too. It's like maybe, you know, Maybe something happens in that thro- in the throne room at the Red Keep looks exactly like that, and then we're all sitting here with our minds blown because it's like, oh man, but that vision. Uh, oh, but, uh, but, uh, or maybe it was just a vision, and we're all just like, oh man, wonder what that vision meant, man. Like, and they'll t- and, know, and, yeah. So it's just like it, you know. They, yeah, we're wrapped around the finger, man. It's oh, like, they've got us. They've so, got us. <laughs> we're all so deep. So so yeah. I think Regarding, there's a lot of different ways that they can go with uh, with with this this uh, this piece of the plot. What's the Night King going to do? We don't know. Regarding the okay, so the things that she laid out specifically to me that I'm like, yeah, it is too obvious for him to fall into the trap of Bran in the woods, especially since it was explicitly laid out in the second episode here for us. Like that almost guarantees that that doesn't happen. On top of that, Hillary doesn't think it's feasible for us to deal with Viserion at the Battle of Winterfell. And the more I think about it, seeing as that zero preparation was made or mentioned in regard to specifically combating a dragon, it does seem like it would be a lot for Winterfell to handle. Uh, and considering the vision sequence that she points out where the roof is burned off the throne room, it does make it seem more feasible that maybe the Night King and Viserion roll the Winterfell, or roll the King's Landing, rather. But... In all fairness, there's also no mention of how they plan to use Drogon or Rhaegal either in their combat, right? Like, I feel like this was more of a, we're not going to give you any dragon stuff so that you won't have any clue and it will be a total and utter surprise. The the other thing is, they kind of hand-waved the planning of this battle all, all together. That's that's very fair. And, it's, and it, that's a tough thing to do on a TV show, I think, is yeah. like, uh, is is lay out the plan 
I think the best time that they did is when they did the little voiceover with Tyrion about like how he was going to sack uh, Casterly Rock. Yes, that was very cool. Like, and that's but but we they they showed us that in a way where we heard the plan while the plan was happening. Right, which kind of helped them out. Right, because if we just listened to Tyrion just say that plan. I don't know. It's 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 like it's kind of twofold. Like one, I don't know if that's great television. Two, it's just kind of a hard thing to to like write. Right. Yeah. You know I'm, what I'm I mean. Having trouble imagining how it would play out exactly. So it. So anyway, this is uh, honestly, if you want to pick nits about episode two, mm-hmm. this is probably one of the best places that you can do it. I is agree. that the entire planning process is pretty shoddy. And I think they it, don't talk about they don't talk about Viserion. They don't talk about their own dragons more than saying we're going to have them hanging out, kind of close but not too close. Yeah, what? right in that perfect middle distance between 125 <laughs> yards and 175 yards away. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, like they're planning the night before. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. That's true. You got you know what I mean. So just like Tormund the, literally rolls up and he's like, "Yep, they're going to be here in six hours." Yeah. So the the whole like planning about what to do, I think, is just kind of, I don't know. It's it's it, it wasn't super well done. It also doesn't really matter all I think that it much. It was intentionally super vague. Like it, yeah. it just. But the other thing on the counterpoint, it's like okay, yes, it wouldn't make much sense for the Night King to just roll into King's Landing and like what? Okay, what's the Golden Company doing there? Is he going to take out the entire twenty thousand person Golden Company? Like, I just can't see it play out from the other side either. And here's another thing, just to add even more of a uh, confusing element to this entire conversation. I keep getting sent screen caps from that episode ending scene where it does appear, uh, where all those White Walkers are lined up off in the distance, where it does appear that you can possibly see the Night King's crown in the lineup of dudes standing in that line or on horseback. I swear to God. And here's the thing. Considering the powers of Photoshop and shit, who knows if this is even real? But I have been sent it by multiple people at this point. Uh, it would make absolutely zero sense for the Night King to roll up and be like, you know what, guys? I'm going to stash the dragon for this one. I'm going to ride a horse with y'all <laughs> to show solidarity. We are one. Let's do this together. I'm like positive it was all long hairs. It was all dudes. So am I. But yeah. some dick is out there doing work Probably, to confuse yeah. people. That, sounds, but, like, uh, that yeah. sounds like a shot. I mean, haters, haters will say it's Photoshop. If you have a dragon, why would you be anywhere except on top of said dragon when you're about to enter battle? I do not know the answer to that question. I'm not buying it. I'm selling all my stock in that photo. Next call. Hey, Clam Fam. It's Ashley in Denver. Oh, how's everyone doing? Because I'm a nervous fucking wreck. And here's the biggest reason why. The fucking crypts. It's going to be a big problem. First of all, they hammer us over the head with why it's the safest place in the whole castle. No, it's fucking not. You know it's not going to be. And if you think about it, the Starks have been around since the first men. So there's going to be thousands of years of dead Starks down in the crypts, all just waiting to come back from the Night King, serving his army. We know Ned and Rick on are down there. And the thing that's got me the most fucked up is the trailer where we see Arya running through what appears to be the crypts, and she is scared. And we haven't seen this stone-cold bitch scared since she left Bravos. So what's going to fuck her up? I think it's her family coming back, trying to kill her. That would fuck me up. I don't know. I'm just, like, super stressed. So maybe poke some holes in this so I can chill out a little bit. That'd be really great. Love the pod. Please don't stop. Everyone loves it. We don't all have to say it. You know it's true. Love you guys. Bye. 
Oh, thank you, Ashley in Denver. Okay, so she's a nervous fucking wreck over the crypts, right? Desperately begging for us to poke holes in the seemingly obvious crypt disaster that is awaiting us. And I guess first question, Barrett, could this... I mean, it would blow your mind how many of the calls were about the crypts. How many of our hotline calls this week were about the crypts specifically? This is the thing that people are freaking out the most about, even more so than where's the Night King? People care more about the crypts. Yeah, yeah. Could it be a red herring? Could this be another thing? I feel like there is a lot of uh, like shiny objects being thrown up into the sky to distract us from different different areas that we're supposed to be looking. Yeah, okay. Well, so, okay, here's the first thing I'll say. I'm We're still not positive how the magic works. So I don't, we, we don't know. The resurrection magic, you mean? Yes. The, the Night King's magic, right. yes. We don't know that a million dead people in King's Landing or every... Stark buried in the crypts at Winterfell right. can be resurrected. Yeah, right. that is not something that we know. Like, because where's the line? There are people down there, like she mentioned, that have been down there for a thousand year, years. Like, they're like dust by now. Does the dust reanimate and go into John Stark's eyes to blind yeah. him? Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, maybe the, the the freshly dead, which would, I guess, include Ned and Catelyn and, and Rickon. And Rickon. But- Catelyn's not down there. She got tossed into a river or something. Her body's okay. rotting off somewhere. Or or. Yes, book readers, I'm aware of what you want me to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about it, but, uh, yeah, her body's not in the crypt. Okay, so that's... And Ned's was in several pieces. Yeah. Like, so so that's, head was chopped that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, as everybody has been talking about this whole thing with the crypts, mm-hmm. the big, like... The, the big plot hole here, I guess you could call it, is that they know the dead people can be raised by the Night King, and yet they are sending everybody underground <laughs> to a graveyard. Yeah, this is the this is the thing that people keep making fun of. Of sorts. John literally watched the man stand on the shores of Hardhome and do the arm-raising thing to pick up all the dead. Right. And he's like, you know where we should stash all the women and children? Down with the dead. <laughs> so... What? Yeah, like either they're just totally not thinking or like I don't know how they're going to kind of explain that away. Some like, people believe. Oh, man, we really messed up. What? Man, that just really. You got one by me. We had a lot of calls that got super nerdy with it. And uh, I don't mean that even as an insult. It's just the adjective. Um, apparently, there is some talk of the stark blood being magic and maybe the crypts have a similar type of magic to the wall anyway we may get into this later but it's uh it, there's just there's a lot to consider the thing that has me the most freaked out about the crypts honestly is not the sending of the women and the children mm-hmm. it's the running of aria in the trailer right and i'm taking some comfort thinking that that doesn't have to be either real or it could be a, a dream sequence or some type of vision thing i don't, I don't know I, I think it's definitely real but how about this aria's never seen a white walker Fair like, enough. what if she's out if there she's doing one-on-one battle? What if, one. yeah? What if she's out there like murking whites, and then somehow finds herself in Winterfell or down in the crypts, right? And is face to face with like a real White Walker, right? Like maybe that—that's maybe that's enough to hey, scare the shit out of you. We've seen John have to retreat, you know, forty feet, running from a White Walker before, as he's about to do battle with one, and eventually he gets him at hard home again, but. It, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I'll take so, that. It could be easily be her just like running out of straight up being like, "What the hell is that thing?" Another, also, we don't know what they're bringing with him, dude. Another piece of it is that there are a lot of people going down to the crypts, and that scene is only Arya running. 
which that's the thing that makes me believe potential vision or dream sequence thing is because I'm like, well, where are the other people at? Okay. Like, aren't they supposed, isn't this supposed to be chock full of women and children at this point? Like, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not, it's not like a lock that like we're going to, that Ned is going to be holding up his dead ass head. Right. As a, as a white. Although it is very funny. Lots of good memes have come as a result of it, um, of which we've posted. Now, the def, like, yes, the something is going down in the crypts. I think that much is safe to say. Meet me in the crypts. It's going down. But we just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. So, you know. Well. We will next Sunday. This just, episode yeah. of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles was also brought to you by Bombfell. If you're a guy and you hate shopping or seriously struggle when it comes to picking up clothing or anything fashion-related, Bombfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. You complete a simple questionnaire and are then matched one-on-one with a dedicated personal stylist. They never charge above retail price. They offer free shipping and returns, convenient home try-on, and the ability to preview and edit your stylist's picks before your order ships. Your stylist will email you his and or her selections, after which you'll have 48 hours to make any changes or cancel altogether if you want. You're in control. Total control. For instance, in my package, uh, I loved one t-shirt. I loved one button-down. But I passed on a pair of shorts. So I only got, I took, bought the things that I wanted and sent back the thing that I didn't. It was easy. uh, And I'm not that easily impressed when it comes to t-shirts as a connoisseur of t-shirts. And it gave me one of my now new favorite t-shirts. So... Uh, been a big fan of Bombfell. By, by the way, then when you receive the clothes, you have seven days to tell them what you want to keep and make that decision, and you send the rest back. They have a keep more, get more policy uh, in each shipment. The more you keep, the more you save. So if you keep four plus items, you get 20% off. If you keep three plus, 15% off. Keep two plus, 10% off. Uh, it's completely flexible. You can receive clothes when you want and can pause or cancel at any time. Uh, Lady Clams. Bombfell provides an option to sign up on behalf of your partner. If maybe your man is struggling with dressing himself and you want to subtly say that, sign him up for Bombfell. We negotiated with Bombfell to get a special offer for you, Clam Fam. For $25 off your first purchase, visit bombfell.com slash dragon. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash dragon. Bombfell. Open and close. Next call. Hey Ross, hey Barrett. Uh, this is Addison from Asheville. Um, I'm a little bit late, but I'm just now listening to your coverage of episode two. Uh, Jenny's song, also called Jenny of Old Stones, I think. Uh, the version of it that goes over the credits is sung by my all time favorite singer. And the only celebrity that I think deserves to be on Game of Thrones, just because of who she is as a person, uh, Florence Welch, the um, lead singer of Florence and the Machine. And I got really excited because I thought you guys were going to talk about her on my favorite podcast. And it was just going to be two of my favorite things. But y'all dropped the ball for me. But I forgive you. It's okay. Um, All right. Talk to y'all later. Keep doing what you're doing. Bye. Addison from Asheville. Guess what, baby? It's happening. This is what it sounds like when worlds collide. We're making dreams come true today, Barrett. That's that's what I love most about this podcast. I wish I wish we had the copyright uh, to play Worlds Collide just for like 20 seconds, right? Yeah. Here. But we, we don't, and no. we can't. Um, anyway, yes, Jenny's song in the credits is sung by Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine. 
I was totally ashamed of myself for not knowing this immediately while watching. But as I said, I was kind of in shock from seeing the endless line of White Walkers or whatever. I wasn't even thinking, ooh, who'd they get to sing it? I was just like, okay, cool, female version. We're all going to die next week. Not only did I not pick up that it was Florence Welch. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was Jenny's song again in the credits. So I feel like a- So t- you were that I shot. feel like a total just- you An know, idiot. Doof. Just a buffoon. Just a real doof. Yeah. You're just, just a, a turd, a turd out, out there. there, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> this is how much time we spent together. Uh, yeah, so- uh, but I did see this. I did see this come up. The album, the Game of Thrones inspired album, yes. releases in two days. And this this was interesting because this lends even more weight to the idea that we would get the weekend SZA, Travis Scott song. As a closing During the credits credit song. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Florence, Florence. Yeah. Was it just Florence Welch or was it the machine that did the track? I don't know if they credited it as Florence and the Machine. Let's just say Florence and the Machine to be safe. Okay. Uh, th- th- this is a song from the books that was sung in the show. Right. So nobody is- Complaining n- about Nobody that. is singing Power is Power on the show. Nobody in the background is like, it's lit! <laughs> like, so the, And then we get the Travis Scott weekend, says a yeah. version, and the credits. So I'm still, I, I still don't think that we're getting any of the pop, any of the pop songs inspired by the show- in the credits, but we may get another like if some of the other tracks on the album are actual songs from the books that have now been recorded. We could get versions. by pop artists, then we could get versions of those at the end. Okay, yeah. Also, uh, Addison Florence absolutely should do a cameo. I mean, honestly, would it shock us if she did? Like, we don't know that she didn't. They're not, and they didn't give us like a list of all the people that are cameo. I mean, we found out like a former director of the CIA was in last episode or whatever. Like, it's completely crazy the people that they've plugged in. And surely, Benioff and Weiss have the wherewithal to notice how perfectly she could fit in, too. Like, that's a cameo I can support. One of the most talented artists I've ever seen perform. Uh, she's a fucking force to be reckoned with with those pipes. But she also looks like she came from this era <laughs> that doesn't exist. But you know what I mean? Like Yeah, medieval. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. did you did you see, I think you posted about it on the Instagram. Did you see the, the other cameo from the guy that is a, uh, he's like a CEO of something? I don't know. I think that's the guy that I'm talking about. He was like former deputy director. Yeah, yeah, of the that, CIA. CIA. That dude. That yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So th- th- there's another one that that all I'm saying is yes, I would love a Florence cameo, but I wouldn't notice it because those are the type of cameos that they do and that I like. Yeah, it's only for the after effect of like, oh, dude, this dude was the former CIA director, like, and he's e- sitting there eating gruel. He got skinned alive by Ramsey or whatever. Gruel yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. Every day. Yes. The Dementals. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there's a... Uh, oh, yeah, actually, we have another call about the song. Also, female clam femme representing to an enormously impressive degree so far today. But this is another call about the song. I'm going to play it right now. Here it is. Hey, guys. My name is Nick from Los Angeles. Uh, one observation that I shared with you guys was um, about the song Jenny of Old Stones. So I'm a huge music fan and Lord of the Rings, and I also um, was instantly reminded of the song that Pippin sings as the steward of Gondor. Now, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who can recognize a song from, like, the first chord, and the minute Podrick opened his mouth, I was reminded of that song from Return of the King. So I went back and listened to the song from Lord of the Rings, and um, go figure, both of those songs share the same first four notes. Um, Jenny of Old Stones kind of begins 
um, high in the halls where Pippin's song begins. Those left behind. Damn it, Nick from Los Angeles. What happened, dude? You you might have been executing the greatest call of all time. Are you still alive? We need to know. Uh, those left behind to finish his hmm. his Pippin line there. But yeah, this is uh. I mean, there's really nothing further to discuss here. It was just cool. It's, it's a very cool parallel that he expanded upon beautifully and harmoniously for us. Uh, I, we appreciate that. I am going to try to find... I have to assume that Nick called back, right? Surely he called, realized he got cut off and call, cut off and called back and crushed it. I'm going to have to find that call and try to bring it to you all on the Patreon episode. Uh, no promises. I can't make a promise because I don't know if it exists. But if it exists, I will find it and we will play it. Uh Thank you for singing. We always ask that people sing as a song. It finally sort of happened. Next call. Yeah, yeah. Yo, what's going on, Clam Fam? This is Ben calling from Cincinnati. Love the podcast. And I just want to say, I don't understand why it's such a big deal that uh, Danny wants to be the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, even though John has the rightful, rightful claim. Like, the guy doesn't want to rule. He literally does not want to rule, but he keeps getting nominated for everything. So why not, if they win this whole thing, why wouldn't he just be like, you know what, Danny, I'll be your your king, your your husband, but you can be the queen, and you can rule all the seven kingdoms. I don't give a fuck. I, I just don't really see why that's such a big deal. But, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Appreciate it. Love the show. Peace. Ben from Cincinnati, what's good? Uh, it truly is hilarious how John, if you, if you think about it, he's been being nominated for every single position and has not once volunteered for like four straight seasons, and he just keeps getting typecast into the leadership roles that life in Westeros has to offer. <laughs> uh, it's like when you're in a fraternity in college and nobody wants to be president of the fraternity because that just lines you up to go to jail. And uh, so when people are like, all right, we're gonna make. We're gonna nominate people to be president, and then there's always the Jon Snow who's like, "Ugh, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it." Just because he feels the oblig, like the duty, the dutiful obligation. Feels the call. He does. He feels the call. Call to serve. I am with Ben though. Uh, we already called this a red herring, but this phone call has just sealed the deal for me. In what world do we actually believe Jon would be like, "Hey, Danny, bye. I'm king. Nah, sorry." Yeah, it, it that would just go against the grain of everything we know to be true about his character. We've also we also keep talking about like and and the show has even done some of this legwork for us. Like, hey, like, hey, what if they? Yeah, what if they just uh, you know, get married? How about they get married? Hey, rule together? Huh? They, How about that? Both How about that? Two thrones, huh? Yeah, we put two chairs up there, huh? Two leaders. We get some Who's more better swords. Than Melt Who's them better down. Than <laughs> yeah, no, they've got the ability to do it too, which is the funniest part. Like, if they wanted to build another Iron Throne and plop it down next to that one, they could. So, they've got dragons. So, the, so yeah, there are a lot of ways where this plays out pretty easily. Like as far as like calming the nerves of everybody and kind of fixing the issue yes. at, at the core of this. Now, will that happen? Right. Will that happen? Probably not. Probably not. And and I like heard or read some stuff or listened to some stuff, I can't remember which, that was like Probably both. That was like, oh, when John looked at Danny and tells her that, he's like he's like a different person. Like he's saying it like as if he's been thinking that maybe he should rule now. And I, I think that you're just kind of I, I my take is that you're just reading into that. Yeah. Because it's a serious moment where he has to tell her something 
daunting and scary and potentially relationship ruining. Right. So he's so it's 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 weighty. And oh, yeah, there's like 400,000 whites outside uh, on their front door. And so here's what can I touch on that for one second? When he tells her that I felt the difference in John there is that for the first time he was speaking to Danny as at the very least her equal. If not as a man speaking to a woman, uh, but like in that time period, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Like he at, up to that point. Wait, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like he's been sort of submissive to her through the course of the their relationship so far. He has seen sure. her as the queen. Uh-huh. She obviously has the dragons. He desperately needs her to have any chance at survival for everyone else. He's been in sort of a subservient position to Danny. And there's been no reason to think that that wouldn't be the case for the, their whole relationship. Now, so now with this info, there's a change in he's, dynamic. He's talking a little bit more, more like he could be equal. her equal. Yes, I that was the feeling I got when he steps up and he says, "Like it's true, Danny. I know it to be true," or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. It goes full Luke Skywalker on her. Like that was a it was a ver- a confident version of him that I had not seen speak to her that way. I didn't okay. take it okay. as a bad thing though. I took it as finally. This is going to allow them to communicate more freely. Yeah. That's what I took it as. Now, I here's an interesting piece of this. Through two reveals now, two big reveals, Sam telling John, John telling Danny. Yes. They have yet to bring up the aunt-nephew thing. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. And I don't know if they're going to either. It's It certainly seems like that would have been a piece of the conversation during one of those two conversations. Like, it would have had to have already been part of it, though. Like It would be weird if in the Battle of Winterfell... They're like, now we're going to address the aunt and nephew thing. Yeah, like you, you, you might think that Daenerys is like, oh my God, this means that you have a better claim than I do. And oh shit, I've been having sex with my nephew. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> That would have been part of the so, reaction. So I'm pretty sure that they're just kind of- Sweeping it under dr- the rug, baby. Throwing this away with like, it's the time period, yeah, it's the Targaryens, exactly right. it's everybody was doing this. And I love We've it. already forgiven Jamie and Cersei, we don't give two shits about that and anymore. And I love that too. Like John and Danny, they're, you know, they're only kind of related anyways. It's Look, like not that weird. Like Here's so. the part of it that I love is that it's not the real world. This is a fictional magic land, mm-hmm. right? That we have been presented with information that this type of inbreeding thing is not that weird. It's not our society that you're supposed to be comparing it to. So I love that they decided, you know what? We're just going to act like nobody would really give a shit because I don't think they would. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, some jokes would be made to be sure. The, the, the one thing where they could pull this out is if that's the new wrinkle. If it's like they realize that don't want to be together anymore. Uh, and then they have to like make the decision struggle. to rule together. Okay, that yes, that could be a wrinkle for sure. I could see that playing out that way. But it's but but There's fifteen if, other options. But if that's there. it, it's weird that they that they it hasn't even like bubbled to the surface at all yet. Right, right, yeah, uh, that'd be pretty surprising. So if they went so that yeah. route. But anyway, to kind of like go back to the original hotline call and address this, uh, yeah, it's it's. Maybe John was speaking with more confidence. Maybe this information gives him a little bit more power to feel like he's on the same footing right. as Daenerys. But at, I do think that at, at his core, it, he, that one piece of information can't just change your personality. No. And his personality is that he is he is a reluctant leader. He doesn't want to lead. So what it would be really weird that that one piece of knowledge is like, oh, that, well, okay, you're right. You know what? Now I kind of want to be on the Iron Throne. Yeah. You know, remember how people were worried, like, is finding out a Targaryen, that he, is finding out that he's a Targaryen going to bring Targaryen characteristics out of Jon? Sure. 
and that's that was something that we kind of like poo pooed on because we were just like, no, that's that's not the way this works, and it isn't. Never a single time in this dude's history has he been like, I want the throne, I want to rule, I want to be king in the north, I want, he, I want the gold. Never Give me the gold. Right. I want. I want. I want me. 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 Now. Now. I'm trying to do hook, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> the. He's never done that. That's not his personality. It's not going to be his personality now. I have no reason to believe that he that they don't iron this out in a very simplistic manner, or just one of them will die and we'll all cry for a couple weeks and things will figure themselves out. But yeah, I'm having a hard time believing John is actually going to want that he now suddenly wants to be on the throne. It's a miserable job, yeah. by the way. Like I don't think the dude has wants anything to do with it. Uh, next call. What up, Boston Barrett? It's Justin from New Jersey. I just had a quick question here. Why the shit has no one talked about Littlefinger uh, in season eight? I think he was a big ass character, important, and uh, they killed him and they haven't really talked about him. So I was just wanting to know your thoughts on that. I thought it was a little weird that no one has mentioned him. Uh, let me know what you guys think. All right. Peace out, boys. Justin from New Jersey. We truly are everywhere. Did I mention that we're going to give out some stats about our listenership on, on geographically mm-hmm. on the Patreon? Did I say that? No. We're no. going to do that, Barrett. We're going to do that. So we've got this breakdown of like every country that we're in now. And I had never looked at this before. And I looked at it last night with Tay, my wife, and it blew my mind. Like uh, it's just basically a list of the countries in the world, which is extremely flattering and humbling and awesome. Anyway, back to Justin's call. Wants to know why nobody's mentioned Littlefinger through the entire uh, two episodes we've had of season eight so far. Seems almost disrespectful, right? Like, surely he had enough of an effect on the realm to come up in conversation, or at the very least a joke, uh, right? But to me, it almost feels as intentional of the lack of dialogue from Varys in episode two. It's, it's, and it's the same as the lack of talk of dragon strategy. It's because something is going down. I maintain that Littlefinger's face will still be used by Arya in this season at some point or another, uh, which would be a pretty good reason to not keep reminding the general public and the audience that he existed so that it's even more of a shock and surprise when it actually does go down, right? That's the way I'm looking at the total lack of mention of Littlefinger. I, maybe. I, I kind of have a different perspective on this, okay. and it's, it's, a, it's much more straightforward and doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just straight up time. Uh, like, what, I thought you were going to say everybody just hated him that no, much. No, <laughs> but I mean, like, what? I, I just don't know what a. In my mind, here's how a conversation about Littlefinger would go. Varys is like chilling, and he's like, "Oh, I, was, I thought I thought Littlefinger was here. I thought uh, thought that old cat was uh, was around, was, was up here scratching a pole. I was looking forward to doing some back and forth with him. And then somebody's like, "Oh yeah, but then uh, you know the Stark kids figured out that he, he got backstabbing he, that, dickhead. That he got their entire family killed, started the whole war of the five kings and so they slit his throat." And Varys be like, "Oh." Mm, and we'd be mm, like, mm, "Why'd we just have to watch that? We already knew that." Yeah, so that that's that's kind of what it I I just don't know what the cover like where the mention of him would be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now that it's even weirder just because it's like his name is Littlefinger. It's so distinct. It would seem so funny to be bringing it up in passing. Like, God, I miss Littlefinger. I mean, nobody's going to ever say that, but it just, I, yeah, I don't know how it would come up. That's a good point. So, I, I, yeah, I think they just kind of X'd his ass and, and that's all that needs to be it's, said about him. It's kind of over. Till and his then face comes. Yeah. Out. And then to your point, like if they, if, if Arya needs his face, well, maybe that's something we'll see later down the line. Mask off. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Manscaped. 
Uh, and this product does not just matter for men only, ladies. If your man is in need of some serious manscaping, Manscaped could be a great gift for you to give as well. The Manscaped product line was created specifically for a man's distinctive grooming needs below the waist, featuring specially formulated products to clean, moisturize, and deodorize so your balls don't smell like a wildlings. Are you saying like if like a girl's out there and she can't see the tree for the forest? Yes, that's exactly what, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. That's problematic. <laughs> then you need to go with the, the Lawnmower 2.0 is what their razor is called. Their electric razor is called. It's fantastic. It's rechargeable. It has a waterproof trimmer with skin-safe technology for a nick-free trim. Uh, you never have to worry about snagging or cutting your clam family jewels ever again. And ClamFam, you get a special offer. 20% off your entire order if you use the code OCC on manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Code OCC, 20% off. Grab the Lawnmower 2.0. It is very cool. Manscaped.com. Also, they have a contest going right now. Are you a comically hairy frat guy? If so, today is your lucky day. Maybe your first. Uh, they're doing a contest called the Hairiest Frat Guy in America Contest. Manscaped and Rowdy Gentlemen have teamed up with Total Frat Move to find the hairiest frat guy in America. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but we're doing it. Now through the end of the month, you can enter to win a $500 Manscaped.com gift card and a $500 Rowdy Gentlemen gift card and the prestigious title of Hairiest Frat Guy in America, which, as we know, is one of the most sought-after titles uh, in this great nation. Go to RowdyGentleman.com slash Manscaped. That's RowdyGentleman.com slash M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D. Next call. Hey, Ross and Barrett. This is Andrew from KC. Just had a quick question about your guys' thoughts on this. I was just curious about why we didn't see Cersei in the most recent episode of the show. Any chance that she could be gearing up to come up to Winterfell to help everybody out in the war against the dead. Just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, have a good one. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. All right, next call. No. Uh, <laughs> Andrew from KC wants to know, if since we didn't see Cersei at all, at all in episode two, is it possible she could be potentially doing a shocking heel turn for good and actually rolling to Winterfell to do what's right? Like, the only reason I'm even giving this a shred of thought is because maybe that emotional crack after pirate sex... Was her realizing the error of her ways, sort of? But to me, Andrew, unfortunately, the explanation is simple. This is a common thing that Game of Thrones has done throughout the seasons. And in the books, it's even more common for characters to disappear for extended periods of time and not be addressed uh, at all. We lost Bran for a freaking whole season at one point, didn't we? Like oh, Bran, yeah. uh-huh. Bran went through the entirety of puberty before we saw him on screen again. Uh, sometimes characters don't appear simply because their storyline isn't being addressed in that episode. And frankly, it wouldn't shock me if we didn't see Cersei again this upcoming Sunday. Because I think there's almost no chance she turns good after all the shit we've seen her do. I'd put it at 0.001% that she would do something positive and good now. I give it less than that. 0.00. Yeah. Negative. Yeah. Just zero. Just straight zero. Zero. Next call. Uh, This is Thomas from Memphis, and I know this is probably a really obvious question, but what I want to know is why we haven't seen any dragonglass scorpions at Winterfell. Jamie knows what they are. He saw, and so does Danny. They've all seen how effective they are against real dragons. So why haven't, it's not like they're incapable of building it. If they're making dragon glass, everything else, they ought to be able to make dragon glass fucking uh, scorpions. That's what they're called. 
so, you know, I'm just curious. You'd think that would be, like, something really important that they would do, but I don't know. So just wanted to hear your thoughts. All right, keep doing what you're doing. We will. We will. Thank you, Thomas from Memphis. Uh, so, yes, Jamie knows what they are. Uh, he saw them, saw a scorpion, knows that this is a tool that they could use against dragons. So did Danny. Also saw that they're effective against dragons, even if it just did, like, mildly inconvenience Drogon for a few seconds or whatever. But surely this means they have... I mean, we know they have Gendry, right? Who's like a prodigy blacksmith or whatever. We know they're putting dragon glass all over the place. But again, we just didn't see the preparation that was going into potentially dealing with the dragons. So I'm just going to roll this into like the bigger conversation about Winterfell and the defenses as a whole that we were shown there. I, I, like, I just don't think... They gave us just enough information to make it very, very clear that there is a ton of preparation going on at Winterfell, like for full-on siege warfare. This way the audience knows they're absolutely getting ready and they're strategically planning, but they don't have to give away perhaps bigger pieces to the puzzle, like how they're going to deal with the dragons, with, say, a dragonglass scorpion, perhaps. Uh, And might I just add, I always hated the inclusion of that stupid scorpion like it was an ace up their sleeves when it really just resulted in Drogon being annoyed for 20 seconds. Ever since then, we've been talking about the damn scorpion <laughs> and all the ways that it doesn't make sense, either because straight up Kyburn did not invent this thing, we had already seen it, and really it's just a large crossbow, or because both sides, Winterfell and King's Landing, should be making hundreds of these and lining the walls with them. <laughs> Dragons are coming. Like, if we found out dragons were coming, Barrett, and there was weapons to focus on, then we would focus on the dragon weapons to take down the fucking dragons. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. But uh, again, I think it's just that they're not showing us. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't have a great explanation for this, really. I mean, like it's secrets. I, I think that, like, like we've talked about a little bit already, and and you just mentioned, like they didn't really, they didn't go into the planning. Really, of how they want to tackle this in a lot in it on in a lot of different phases of their strategy. Basically. All we got was like, "Hey, Bran's going to be in the woods, and Theon's going to be yeah. there with the Iron." So, Board. so what we all we like, we get Gendry building shit tons of dragonglass weaponry, and that's it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, who knows? Maybe there is one. We just and they're just going to bust it out here in a minute. Like, I I don't know, and yeah, I don't know. It's like, was it that effective of a weapon? That could be the other thing. Like. Was it effective? It it hurt Drogon. It didn't stop him. Yeah, that's that's the part where I'm like, maybe so, they just canceled the they just canceled that whole yeah. deal. What I would here's okay. Here's what I would do. I would get Scorpion canceled. So what you do is you know that this is a dead dragon. Viserion, yeah. Viserion is a white, a white dragon. Yeah, which means that he probably likes dead white. Sheeps and lambs and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to build one of those massive like cage traps. Okay. And I'm just going to get a bunch of just like- Like a dead de- petting zoo. Yeah, 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 like a dead petting zoo. And then it'll be like that big, like it'll just be a big box yeah, made yeah. out of wooden wood. 
and wooden poles and stuff. Wooden wood. That's like from the weirwood yeah, tree. Yeah, it'll be. It'll just be like a hundred feet by a hundred feet, and yeah. it'll have one big stick kind of propped up in the middle of it. You know, keeping it open. <laughs> and the then dragon trap. And then Viserion flies in there to eat some dead to eat some dead goats. And you pull the stick out. And you pull the stick out, and you got him. <laughs> you got him trapped. You got him in there. There he is. Why haven't they talked about that? You know what, Barry? I don't know why we didn't see that. <laughs> why didn't they show us that? Why like, didn't we see they're that? They're building that, right? I, th- I think that was three consecutive calls of people being like, why didn't we see blank in episode two? Which is just funny. Like Everyone everyone wants to see everything yeah, uh-huh. and hear every conversation. They desperately need as much information as possible. Um, but yeah, the part about the dragons that really throws me off and the thing that really bugged me about them not being mentioned was the fact that so many people there have seen them in action. Um, whether it's because Jamie saw them roast people at the loot train massacre or whatever, it just seems like there should be more talk about how they're going to handle them. I'm sure we're going to get some of that next week at the very least, at the very soonest. So, uh, next call. What's up, Ross Barrett. My name is Troy from Denver. I was just rewatching the latest episode and I noticed something that I didn't see the first time, which was the big wooden cross barricades uh and i didn't notice this but they're sticking dragon glass everywhere on them and i just kind of wanted to get your guys's take on what you think they're planning on doing with those are they going to shoot them with a trebuchet or however you say that or are they going to just lay them out and hope the horses run into them uh is is the dragon glass like kryptonite to these guys like do they just touch it and die or do they have to stab with it uh, get your thoughts on that. That'd be great. Troy from Denver. I definitely noticed this, that those things, those big, you know, back and forth crisscrossy lumber pieces or whatever uh, that are meant to stop horses and, and people sprinting towards the Winterfell walls are covered in dragon glass. So this is what's weird. The dragon glass thing only applies to white walkers. The generals, if we as, as we call them or whatever. Like, you can kill these plebeian-ass whites with whatever, I think. Like, they don't have to be lit on fire, do they? They don't have to be used. Can't you just hack away at them? Or do you have to have dragon glass specifically for the whites, too? Because that's where I'm unclear now. It's like, did everybody... Because remember how we had this huge conversation back at uh, Beyond the Wall when the, the boys are trapped on the island? And we were like, did all of them even have dragon glass tools? But it then ended up that they did. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And I was like, oh shit, maybe you do need dragon glass to kill even a like. I think it's still fire or dragon glass, even or, for the whites. Or, yeah. Okay, then that makes. I I guess I had not really pieced that all together in my brain, and I was like, god damn, they're really making a lot of dragon glass weapons, considering they only think there's like five or six white walkers, like. Anybody can be prepared yeah, to kill yeah, a yeah. white walker. Be, okay, because remember, I was trying to think of a, of of evidence of this. Think about John trying to show Cersei how to kill how that to white. kill the whites, and he's like, "We can we kill can... them with fire. Yes. We can kill them with dragon glass." And he like picks up the body of the white and like yeah. stabs it with something. Yeah, right. He doesn't he something, stab it with dragon glass? Something like that. Yeah. Or they light it on. They, they he he's lights telling the hand them, on fire. Yeah, he's least. telling them how they can kill it and. I, he's okay. referring to all whites and white Okay, walkers, so then that that explains it for me, and that makes perfect sense. And I think some people were struggling with that uh, differentiation as well, like I was. I hope that white walkers are not the only are not the only ones that have to be killed with dragon glass. It's also their uh, offspring, if you will. And I don't think it's a situation like you can hack off an arm. 
but it's just going to keep coming for you. Right. Right. All right. Exactly. That's yeah. that's that's what's up. So. Yeah, that's why they're covering everything in Dragonglass because they're anticipating there being massive pileups of these dudes up against those those uh, whatever you call. Them. I love that he you worked the word trebuchet into this too. That was like the most military word we've ever had on our show. Um, I was thinking like the only other real option is that maybe there's just so much Dragonglass and it's just really pretty and they're just there's an excess and they're bored waiting for the Night King, so they're decorating their barricades <laughs> to make them pretty. Since, no, hey, no, it, it's it's to kill. That's to just. You know, they're just putting dragon glass everywhere, man. Like, Can't hold anything back now, Barrett. Last game of the season. Exactly, exactly. Like, what if you one of the the whites? They don't pay attention very well, so they could just be like strolling along, like get a little paper cut off that thing, and boom, <laughs> one's gone. Just explode into a million pieces of ice exactly, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Next call, and last call. Hey, this is once again Parker from Breakers Live at University of South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. Um, all right, so. And the very first episode, I think it was Robert Rathian, but he said, our house will join together. He was not thinking of Arya and Gendry. Arya and Gendry will make it through it. Maybe Arya sits on the Iron Throne. I called about five seconds ago, but I'm working still on Game of Thrones, and I felt the need to call again. But God damn it. Motherfucker, just... Arya will sit on the Iron Throne. Uh, Ross, if you want to bet me, I'm not, like... Formally shaking hands, but I bet you 10 bucks, Arya kills the Night King. My fucking Venmo is... If I'm right, you Venmo me 10 bucks. If you're... you're Fuck, if I'm wrong, you Venmo me 10 bucks. But I bet Arya like, shouldn't sit on the Iron Throne, but goddamn, she's going to kill the Night King. Peace out, love one. just clams and cockles. Oysters, clams. All right, shit, yeah, I'm all drunk. But hey, y'all boys have a good night, Ross. Respect that you're not drinking anymore. I got to do that in about three years. I don't know. I'm, I'm 20. Been arrested twice. It's not a. It's not a good look. But I don't even know. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Parker from University of South Carolina. That just. I love a good drunk hotline call, and it felt like a good opportunity to end on a nice, silly. I wouldn't say positive, but not terrifying or foreboding call. Uh, sure, sure. Before we get into some more announcements, and I will take that ten dollar bet. By the way, sir. Uh, just because it's, you know, for funsies, for 10 bucks. Um, and that will do it for today's episode. But we, as I mentioned, as we always mention, we will be back Monday to break down and discuss the third episode of Season 8. But in addition to that, as mentioned at the top of the show, we are finally launching our Patreon today. There will be one tier. We will be keeping things simple up front to bring you the best content package possible for the remainder of Season 8. If you join that tier... Uh, you will be charged. What? What? Bear? What do we say? You're going to get 1st? charged May first, which You'll means that you're going to get this first Patreon episode on us. On us, and uh, we are still kind of debating and waffling on pricing, and and Taylor's are doing numbers for me to make to figure out what makes sense. So that will you, you'll get that information later today. But that first episode this Friday will technically be on us, and then you'll get another four premium Patreon subscription episodes, one each remaining week of the season for whatever price we come up with. And as we discussed, we're going to break down things like inside the episode. Inside the episode, coming next week on Game of Thrones, we'll do a little, that episode will come out on Friday, so it'll have a little precap. Uh, the I don't know if you guys have checked out the little specials on HBO Go called Game of Thrones Revealed. We're going to do those too. But they're really, really badass, and they're just kind of like behind the scenes stuff, so we'll talk about those. We'll just have a little, and anything that, that we didn't get a hot, like I've got, 
We're going to talk about something that has not been addressed yet in, in a hotline call. Ooh. I'll just give you a little preview of it, but, but where's Melisandre, man? That'll be on Patreon episode Friday. I'm excited to talk about the Red Woman. I miss her dearly. Yeah, and if you're asking yourself, like, why are you doing this on Patreon? Look, the way this business works is, uh, like, we have the two episodes a week, right? Monday, Wednesday. And we have ad slots that are filled on those episodes. And we're kind of already at capacity in that realm. So... Because we want to be able to do more content, but we also need to be able to monetize it because this is our job, uh, Patreon offers us a fantastic way to be able to do that by providing y'all with subscription premium podcasts that are completely ad-free, by the way. That's that's the kicker here. You're going to be paying money um, to access podcasts that nobody else can get with your subscription on Patreon, and they will not have ads in them. And we promise, obviously, as we always do, uh, this is going to be the best of the best stuff that we can possibly bring you. High-quality so, tent. Oh, just this is high quality handmade H- shit we're talking H- about here. Barry. high quality tent. Your fingers hurt. Well, now your back's <laughs> gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Also, Barrett and I have to get paid. As I mentioned, this is our job. Uh, so on May first, when Bolin Media launches, it becomes my responsibility to make sure that both of us can eat in some way, shape, or form. Anyway, and uh, we're not taking money from investors. We're starting with zero dollars in the bank, or technically two hundred, like I mentioned. But. And it was tough for you to turn down Gary V's money. It really it? was. Yeah. I've his. I'm hitting decline every ten minutes on on yeah. my phone right now. This dude Gary, he's just he can't be stopped. Yeah, and I mean he was like offering you like like two thousand dollar investment. So yeah. it was. Yeah, oh yeah, it was big big shit popping. He was saying he was gonna buy he was gonna uh, buy the subscription to this Patreon package, the two thousand dollar package. Uh, okay, all right, up. well yeah. that's good. Just set it up there for him. Yeah, you know who you need. Pete. You know who you need as an investor is you need that Tanner Lannister money. We need Tanner. He's, he he's got a trust fund that he's just like uh, he's he, he a hole is burning in his pocket. He wants to invest in hot new properties yes. like Bowen Media. Yeah, so. we we want. There's only two investors that we would allow to give us money at this point: Tanner Lannister and then Chameleonaire. That's it. Those mm-hmm. are the two. Mm-hmm. So if any either of them are uh, interested, hit us up. Anybody else? No, no. We're not taking money. We want to maintain full ownership and creative control of our product. And with support from you, Clam Fam, we can accomplish that. So be on the lookout on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on my personal social, and on Barrett's, all of which you're about to get read to you today so that you can sign up. We're on Instagram, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, where we're putting out the best Game of Thrones content on the whole of the internet. Uh, The meme world has never been more impressive to me than it is right now. People are making the funniest shit I've ever seen. We've even made some funny original ones, which is like not something we have time to be doing. The one, the one that's like that's uh, God, I'm gonna botch this, but it's basically like Daenerys finds out Bran is the one that told John about this, and, and it's just the wheelchair on fire rolling down the street. Like I, that made me laugh out loud. It takes a lot at this point to get me to laugh out loud for real by looking at something on my phone. Yeah. Normally, I'm just like, if I see so, if I see the funniest thing I've ever seen on my phone, I go, huh. I laughed out loud at Bran in the wheelchair on fire, <laughs> yeah, rolling. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. So that was great. And I mean, like, like you said, you're making some memes. And yeah, you're doing curation of the GOT memes oh, out there, yeah. and that's grind boy work too. So even that's free content. I mean, like, you know, I'm just. I'm just letting the clam fam know that, that is that's a big undertaking. You spend you, you don't even want to see this guy's screen time app on the iPhone. Like no, it actually is really depressing. He's, he needs we we need your Patreon money so that Ross can get eye surgery in ten years probably, well, or like more realistically, so I could pay an intern to do <laughs> this for me so that I'm not the guy meme sourcing Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? 
I do. I would like to focus more on the show, but that's grind boy shit. It so, is. It you is. Know? It is. You that's know, great. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just giving you props for your for your uh, for your grind boyness. Well, I, I, as always, I appreciate the grind boy props. We're also on Twitter at Clams and Cockles, where you're going to see a lot of the stuff that goes on on Instagram, plus some additional interaction with followers. It's just a little bit easier to have conversations on Twitter. It lends itself to that. Uh, so we have conversations on Twitter at Clams and Cockles on Twitter. We're also on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. I don't know what the pitch is for Facebook at this point. Uh, can I just say something real quick about Twitter? Yeah. It, this is uh, everybody operates their social media differently. Yeah. If you want to tweet at me and get a little combo going, like tweet to tweet, maybe include Ross on there, and you want to just like kind of chat back and forth. We've been doing this. Get, yeah, that's super easy because I'm because I look at my mentions and my notifications on Twitter very frequently, and I'm in I'm in my timeline, like just out there seeing everything. I almost never look at Twitter direct messages. Almost never. Yeah. The opposite is true for Instagram. That is where it's oh. so it's so much more it's like they just built it out better to like get in your DMs yeah, that's quickly true. and easier. It doesn't feel as chaotic in there. Yeah. Like so on you, Twitter I'm like, ah Yes. It's yeah. So if you have something if you if you don't just want to like interact with like a little back and forth and you have something that you want to send via direct message. Instagram. That's better for me on Instagram. Insta- and your personal Instagram at Barrett Dudley. At Barrett Dudley, Dudley yes. If yeah. you send us Instagrams on uh, at Oysters, clams, cockles. The odds of those being seen are very, very slim at this yeah. point. It's hotline call esque in there. Please do not do that. Also, do not fuck with my DMs. If you need me, email me. My DMs are a complete shit show. I'm completely done. I cannot do it. Uh, <laughs> it, it it's over. I'm serious. I've retired from DMs. I'm out. But to Barrett's point, yes. Do not hesitate to hit us up on Twitter. I mean, if you can't tell, we love talking about this more than anything. We love interacting with y'all. It's been super cool to get to know members of the Clam Fam over the years, and even more as the Clam Fam has exploded into a ridiculous amount of humans. So come at us. Talk with us. My uh, Twitter account is at WRBolin, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N. I'm also the same on Instagram, at WRBolin. Um... And on Snapchat, at WR Bolin. And then uh, Barrett, as I mentioned, is at Barrett Dudley on Instagram and Twitter. And you, you don't fuck with Snapchat, really, do you? No, no, I do not. No, you do not. Uh, Barrett, you want to tell people about your other podcast so that they can yes. give Club Cool a listen? Yes. Uh, give Club Cool a listen, man. Um, what is it? What do you talk about? We talk about style. We talk about pop culture. And this is another podcast. A it's totally separate cool. podcast. You can find you can find it wherever you're listening to this one. Club Cool. Uh, last week we did a music episode where we talked about some of our uh, style icons who who exist in the in the in the music world. We just put together a Spotify a Club Cool Spotify playlist that is that is a combination of like what Phil and I are listening to right now. So that's pretty sweet. This week we are talking about the streetwear rankings that Complex just put out. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, what's currently going on with pants and shorts. I've always wondered what the hell what is, is going, going on. Pants I, dude, and shorts. I, I put on the Club Cool Pod Instagram, at Club Cool Pod, I did, I did you know, some listener question prompts yeah. for yesterday because yeah. I wanted some new stuff to talk about on the show, which is recording later this afternoon. Of course. And oh my God, people are up in arms about shorts. They got no idea what's going on with shorts. They want short recommendations. They want to know what type of shorts they should wear. They want to know what is just what the hell is happening with shorts. And does we're going to talk about it. Today. Does it feel like to you once we hit the part of spring where it starts to kind of heat up a little bit that every year this happens to every, all of society? Yes, yes totally. Like, what length are they supposed to be? <laughs> what colors are okay? Why are shorts so drastically changing? I don't know. Every year? I don't know. I don't know. But Dude, we're, gonna, we're we're chatting about it today, man. I'm, I'm glad. I'm going to have to listen to that episode because I I too need answers. Like I just. 
I don't know which of my shorts still work and which ones don't from last year. Like, I just don't know. Dude, and so I mean, you got to tell me on Club Cool. How about a little crossover content that I can just give you right now? A little teaser. A little crossover teaser. Content. We're not, I don't think we're going to get to this to, on today's Club Cool, but maybe next week. Maybe. Our girl, our girl, Natalie Dormer, a.k.a. Marjorie Tyrell, oh. is the new spokesperson on a Crocs campaign. Shut up. So That's we got to talk about Crocs. Is that is that is that the smartest move happening? they've ever made? Are Crocs officially happening? Well, they've got Post Malone already. They got Post Malone. They got Ty Haney, local Austin It Girl CEO they of do. Outdoor Voices. Yes. And now they have Natalie Dormer. Now they got uh, Natalie Dormer. So noted. Most mischievous face of all sexy women of all time. So, you know, that's three people right there, and they say it's the power of three. They do. All good things come in threes. <laughs> so, and also deaths. Celebra- right there. And that's celebrity con- deaths little, come in threes? Yeah, exactly. This little conversation, this is a little, just a little preview of what you're going to get on Club Cool. Yeah, if you, if you swapped my voice out with Phil's, and then he was a little shorter and much better dressed, this, that last <laughs> five seconds there would have been exactly what Club Cool is like. So be sure to subscribe or follow Club Cool and listen wherever you listen to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. And the same applies for my personal show. The Ross Bolin Podcast is the other podcast that I do. Uh, it's a lot of humor and comedy and silliness and uh, some stoner humor as well is mixed in there to be sure no lie i talk a lot about animals uh it's really just things that i think are cool like pirates or animals or or whatever like old cool um more niche stories from either american history or worldwide and then we get into very serious things like mental health and uh, anxiety and depression and things that i've battled with throughout the course of my life like substance abuse and uh, so it gets very personal as well. That's kind of the weird mix that I've got going there. It's called the Ross Bolin Podcast. And again, it's available all the same places as OCC. Barrett and I very much appreciate you guys continuing to support this show uh, and all of our other endeavors. And we look forward to seeing what we can bring you more in the future. Thank you very much. Also, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or SoundCloud or you have some one of these weird 40,000 podcast apps that exist at this point, Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, particularly if you've been in the Clam Fam for a long time. If you've been riding with us for years and you still haven't taken the two minutes to go and rate and review, I would ask that you do that today. It means a lot. We are uh, crushing it. I don't know how else to put it on the charts and in general. And the more ratings and reviews we get, the higher we climb those charts, the more people can discover the show. And we truly do believe we're bringing the best Game of Thrones companion podcast uh, to the world that, it, that there is as an option. So we want as many people as possible to be able to discover it. So please take the two minutes, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, write a quick two or three-sentence review about why you like the show, why you think other people would like the show, and then uh, we'll get off your back and continue to do our thing. Thank y'all. We'll be back. Patreon details coming later today. Look out on those social medias. Adios. Adios.